0: other uh, the board and fellow members and other members. I just wanted to, um, uh, on behalf of Lewis and myself, sincerely thank everyone for this opportunity, and um, it's been a great Shabbos of storytelling, Torah, inspiration, and um, we owe that to course, Rabbi Spiro, and uh, so I'd just like you uh, to join me in a warm welcome to, to introduce our speaker tonight, Rabbi Spiro. Sure. Okay, okay, after a short break. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to eat. Yeah. Good luck. First of all, again, I want to, I've said it a number of times, but I can't express enough appreciation for the incredible warmth and hospitality of the entire community, for my hosts, for both meals, for those who hosted me for Shabbos, sleeping accommodations, to those who came over and gave warm Shalom Aleichem and said some nice things to me. You know, I go back to teaching Monday, back to reality. Not always, you know, sometimes I say to my class. I want you to know something. There's people that actually pay to listen to me. <laughs> and they go, no, really. I'll tell you a funny story. My daughter's, can I know her, a seven? And she comes back the other day from school, and she looks at me, like, strangely. And I'm sitting on the couch, and she looks at me, and she says, Daddy, can I ask you something? I said, sure. She said... My friend told me that you write books. That's not true, is it? I said no, that's our cousin. Don't worry about it. Right after Shabbos, I get home, or I call it already home, Ronnie. It's already home. I get back to where I'm staying, and I quickly check my messages, and there it is: S W A flight tomorrow morning, canceled. It's okay, it's not a tragedy. But, so immediately, of course, Rani Akadush drives me to the airport to rent a car. He so badly wanted to get rid of me. (laughs) Baruch Hashem, I had heard that there's a storm, and I rented it, I reserved the car I get into the car, it's a four wheel drive. I'm planning on driving back immediately after the Joshua. And, uh, and I, I start driving, I'm 10 minutes into my drive back here. It, it's already been hectic. And I realized they never gave me the keys. You know, these new cars, they have a fob. This can't be happening. So I immediately call them. Now, I hadn't gotten through to them all night because apparently they don't answer the phone. So I call them, and Baruch Hashem, they answer, and I said, Sir, I don't mean to get upset, and I'm I'm not going to get upset, but I just want to tell you, you didn't give me the keys to the car. I'm driving. I'm planning on driving maybe six, seven hours tonight, And you didn't give me the keys to the car. I mean, what would have happened to me? And he said, sir, please don't get upset. I said, I'm not upset, I'm just like, I feel like it's, I gotta be honest, I feel it's a little irresponsible. And he says, we're gonna gonna send somebody out there right away. Can I just ask you one question? I said, yes. He said, did you check the ignition? He said, sir, I'm so embarrassed, please forgive me. (laughs) And then I thought, bingo! I have the opening for my speech tonight. (laughs) You're thinking to yourself, what in the world is he talking about? (laughs) Don't worry, so am I wondering. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things that are important. A lot of important components and dynamics to a Jewish home. As they say, it takes a village But I would humbly suggest that the most important component and ingredient for a Jewish home is simcha. Joy and laughter. The ability to feel good about our lives plain and passionate to be happy I came across a Ma'arva Shemesh, and I apologize to Rabbi Weiner's daughter because I understand that she gets my inspiration daily recording so she might have read this I sent it out this week you'll forgive me or maybe you won't forgive me I don't know now you certainly won't forgive me. My daughter absolutely hates when I allude to her in speeches. Daddy, never again. So I'm not picking on her, I'm picking on you now, so that's good. And and I saw Ma'arva Shemesh. We all know the very puzzling medrash that tells us that Yosef at Sadiq was Misalsel Bisa'aroy. He combed his hair. Yosef Hatzadik. There's very few people in the history of the world that earned that appellation. Yosef Hatzadik was specifically called Hatzadik because he was Misgaber. He overcame the tendencies and the pitfalls that can present itself. When one is struggling with kedusha, and he was misalsel b'saray zokta b'al that Yosef Sadik understood that sometimes a person is struggling, and of course we're talking about Yosef Sadik, so please put it into perspective. But at least a lesson that we can learn. Yosef Atzadik understood that there are times people need to look in the mirror and feel good about themselves. So Yosef Atzadik was mesalsel And not only that, but Reb Nachman says that people should even do mili dešhtusa, even silliness. If it brings you to simcha, and we know that the chitzonius, the outward actions of a person, sometimes are ma'ayra. The panemius, it awakens inside of us. Sometimes things that we struggle to display, and sometimes we push it. Struggle. We're overwhelmed. And I have to tell you the truth, driving down the highway tonight, knowing that I have to drive a whole night, knowing that I have to speak to Mitzvah tomorrow night in Lakewood. And I have to get back. And the Rabbi Shalom decided, you know what, Spiro, it's not going to be so easy. And he gave me a curveball. <coughs> And if we accept it and we can smile and we can still say, you know what, even though things are a little overwhelming, we're going to be happy about it. You know, I, I learned a lot from Rabbi Meir's Lada with Zechari I have tremendous akar asatoif to him. He changed my life by giving me the opportunity to write books. And when I came to The first Haggadah that I wrote, I, to be honest with you, I was tired of the word touched, in spite of all of you who think you have spectacular touch jokes. I don't find it all that funny. After 18 years, it's not funny anymore. So I wanted to change it, this is in 2006. So I wanted to change it, and my wife, if you think that I didn't like the title Touched Anymore, my wife was like, we've had enough. Just, let's move on. So I came up with, I thought, to be a very clever title. And the title was, A Night to Remember. The older people in the crowd are probably thinking to themselves, isn't that a movie or something? I think so. But I thought it had a nice meaning, a night to remember, and it had a double meaning of a night to remember. We have Zchira Sietziez Mitzrayim, and I thought it was a great, great title. And in fact, I called Gedalia Zlatowitz, and I called Rabbi Nussin Sherman, and I called Avram Biederman, the chief editor, and everybody was in agreement a night to remember. And then Rabbi Zlatowicz called me. And Rabbi Zlatowicz says, Tair Whenever he called me Tair I knew I was in trouble. That means dear Chili. Chili is my name from my previous life. It's my nickname. And she says, Tair You know, we just had a discussion about the title of the book and we're going to go with Touched by the Seder. And I said, but Rabbi Zlanowicz, he says, you know what, Rabbi Yechiel, <laughs> you know what, Rabbi Yechiel, there's really no room for discussion on this. And I was, but Rabbi Zlanowitz, he says, and you know what, one more thing, we're going to be happy about it. We're going to be happy about it. And the truth is, I had no choice. And so what was I going to do? Be unhappy about it? P.S. He was right. It sold very well, Baruch Hashem, and a lot of people felt that it made a big difference in their Seder. They told me, you know, stick to that touch thing. And Baruch Hashem, after about eight years, I convinced them not. But The Ravina Shalom is giving you a hand to play. If I could use a card game analogy. You've been given a hand. Play the hand. And be happy about it. Because you don't really have much of a choice. About 15 years ago I read a book by Rabbi Akiva Tatz that was a life-changing book for me. The Jewish Teenager's Guide to Life. If you haven't read it, you should read it. And if you have teenagers, you certainly should read it. Or do something else to keep you sane. <laughs> the Jewish Teenager's Guide to Life is written by Rabbi Akiva Tatz. And Rabbi Akiva Tatz is a talmud of Rav Moshe Shapiro. And Rav Moshe Shapiro, Zechet Kaddish Librauch, notice that there's no word for fun. There's no word for fun in Lashon HaKadosh. Because fun is not something that's real. It's fleeting, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow. It's not real. Lashon HaKadosh is a real language. Roller coasters do not bring a person to Simcha. Roller coasters, depending on if you like Having your guts come through your mouth are fun, but they're not something that brings you to simcha. Thrilling, maybe, exciting, simcha no. So what is simcha if it's not fun? What is happiness? Let me ask you another question. Le'olenu, somebody has to go to a levaya. We know there's a rule. A ma'amar that tells us "Evdus Hashem b'simcha." You have to serve Hashem b'simcha. Well, okay. What do you do when there's a Leviah? You press the pause button. I'll get back to you in a moment. We'll get back to the simcha. Do you laugh at the Leviah? And the answer is that obviously we need to recalculate and try to better comprehend what simcha is. Simcha is accepting the rotsen of Hashem. That's what simcha is. And understanding that this is going to help you become the person you're meant to be. And if you accept that, you have fulfilled the dictum of "ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. Simcha, if you change around the nikkudas, is the word shemacha, to erase oneself. If you are full of yourself, you can't possibly be besimcha. There's a yid by the name of Rav Kluger, who's a Kleisenberger Chassid, who wrote. Many swarm, he's also known as the Nazar Yisrael. He's an Ish Kodesh Vitar. And he has a mimer on simchas. I'm making a chasana. Did you hear you might sell your spouse? So and so is not coming. Really? They're not coming to our simcha? Says Rav Kluger, you missed the boat on what a simcha is. Your simcha. A child is born; it's the rabbinah shalaylam simcha. A child has a bar mitzvah; it's the rabbinah shalaylam simcha. A young couple gets married; it's another couple that is a going to be zayicha to be boina, by Islam and be the shameless affairs and continue HaKadosh Baruch Hu's it's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Simcha, and we are mishtatev in it, but when we stick ourselves into the equation. So then we're playing with fire. Because then if things don't go exactly your way, then things become very frustrating. I was speaking to Yedidi V'Achuvi, Rabbi Wein, Rabbi Can't Express my Asatoiv, enough to him and to his Rebitson for everything they've done, not only for me, but for Kal Yisrael. And I was talking to him about what I'm going to talk about tonight. And I shared with him the following thought, and this is so Chaviv to me. It's a very dear thought, and it's gotten me through a lot of difficult times. I was in a foreign country a few months ago, And the guy says to me, the guy who was instrumental in bringing me in says, can I drive you back to the airport? And I said, sure. And he says, I want to tell you something. You know, in America, everybody knows everybody else's business, but here we don't. We're a little more discreet, we're more private. I want you to know something. People think I'm McVeer. I'm broke. People think I have a dream life. I want you to know, I have children off the derech. And my wife blames me and said it's my fault. And the worst part of it is she's right. And he says, I don't even know why I'm telling this to you other than I have to tell somebody and you're the first guy leaving the country. And I said to him, I want you to know something. I'm happy you're sharing it with me because I think I have something very important to share with you. I have a friend who has four children off the derech and a fifth child that is autistic. And he went to an Adam Gadol, and he asked him, what is my tafkid in life? What is my purpose in life? And he answered him, "Ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. Dehainu. He is not giving him a coping mechanism. He's not telling him, fight through the difficulties, try to smile. Rather, the end game is Ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. And here is the punchline from tonight. We mistakenly think, because sometimes we are haughty and we stick ourselves into the equation, we mistakenly think, that we are the ones who are entrusted with HaKadosh Baruch Hu's job and he wants us to make a very pretty bow and give him back the package wrapped beautifully. Shekeh <laughs> V'chazov The Rabbi Shalom is very well aware that he has some messes that need to be cleaned up. He has some very precious neshamas that are struggling to find their way and struggling to see the beauty of Torah. So Rabbi Nesherlund says, Dear parents, I need a favor. I need you to take care of him to the best of your ability. I don't need you to make it pretty I don't need it to be perfect. I don't need everybody to say, oh, look at them. They're amazing. I wish my life could be like their life. We don't have to hide every struggle we have internally so that it turns our insides upside down and inside out and causes us to be struggling with a simchas hachayim and that in turn causes our children to struggle with a simchas haiyah a joy of being a Jew. What if everybody could be a mosquito in everybody else's home and see what's going on? You know, if I told you that we lost a million dollars, you would say, oh, it's terrible. No, 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 one second. Everybody lost a million. Oh, okay, it's not so bad. Yes, we're almost happy for Yenem's downfall. Because it makes us feel better. Because we so struggle with true simcha. But if we are mekabal, the ratzen of HaKadosh Baruch really mekabal it, and it's not easy, but we keep on swinging at the curveballs, Tell the rabbinus, we're trying. The says, ah, what more can I ask of you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Rebbeinah Shalom does not expect perfection. We're not maloch. We're human beings. And we make mistakes, sometimes big ones. But if we are truly courageous enough, to tell the rabbi Hashem, we're trying. <coughs> we'll do better next time. We're mekabel your and ba'ava. We'll do the best we can, and then if it's a mess, we're sorry. That's evedu es Hashem You might not always be giggling and laughing. You might be crying. But if you accept the yurutz of Hashem. And you're only here for him. Then and only then have you done his rutsen. And then and only then will you be happy in your own life. Yes, Simcha is deeply connected to Amunah. It's two sides of one coin. If you have faith, then what's there? ever to be unhappy about. We would like a different script. We would like a different hand to be played. We'd rather not have to do it. But everybody's got a challenge. No one has a free ride in life. And here's a secret, that's not why we're here. We're not here for life to be easy. We're not here so that every I is dotted and every T is crossed, and everything that we could possibly hope for and wish for is taken care of. Rabbi Yishon puts you here and he says, I'm going to take away some things, and I want to see if you could still bring about ribu y'kvayit serving Hashem, when not everything is perfect. And that's the challenge of evdu as Hashem b'simka. Bakayil, mikayil, Everything. everything. And that's what Hashem wants of us. The Gemara talks about two types of tfachim. A tefach is a hand breath. The Gemara talks about a tefach soichik, which means a loose hand breath, and a tefach otsov, or oitzev, which is a tight hand breath, which is smaller than a loose one. Look at the words, tefach soichek, a smiling tefach that makes you bigger. When you smile, you become bigger. Your face expands. When you are sad, you become smaller. The Maral says Davar nifla, that the reason why the Rabbi Shalom tells us es Hashem is because a person that is b'simcha is bishlemus. You're complete. But if you are not b'simcha, you are lacking. And think about it. Think about the times that we're happy and miserable. When we're happy, we feel complete. Mission accomplished. When we are sad, we feel, "What am I doing here?" There was a Yid by the name of Rabbi Rachmil Kinever. Rabbi Rachmil Kinever was the Badkin in Alexander. Alexander Hasidim used to be the second largest Hasidim group of Hasidim in Poland. Ger was the largest. Alexander had over a hundred thousand Yidim. The badchin isn't just a jokester. Comes up with good jokes to tell over by a chasana. The badchin was the one who was responsible to keep the Rebbe in good spirits. Because the Rebbe would listen to Tzarus all day long. And it weighed him down. And then one day, Rebbe Rachmiel lost it. He just didn't feel it anymore. He wasn't besimcha. It wasn't going. He didn't make people happy. Most of all, he didn't make the Rebbe happy. And people were concerned. Most of all, Rabbi Rachmil was concerned. A short while later was Purim. And Purim for Rabbi Rachmil, that was showtime. They're looking around for Rabbi Rahmil, they can't find him. Until this Goyesha Lumberjack comes in, and he walks over to the Rebbe, and he says, Hey, Rabbi. He <coughs> probably said it in Polish. He said, Hey, Rabbi. I want you to know something. I've been chopping wood for a long time. Lately, can't, it's not working. The logs don't break. And I was wondering, is it because the blade is too dull? Is it because the log is too thick? Or, Rabbi, is it because the woodchopper is just plain too old? People are trying to push the woodchopper away from the Rebbe. The Rebbe says, don't push him away. He's well aware that beneath that mask of sadness and disappointment is the Heilika Rebbe who can't break the logs anymore. He can't do his job. He wanted to know if the blade was too dull, Is the log too thick? Or is Chas V'shalem the wood chopper too old? And the Rebbe says to him, with a big smile, you know, even if all that is true, if you keep on chopping, the log will break, I promise. B'yachmiel started to cry. And then he started to laugh and then he jumped on the table. And For the first time in months, he began to sing and be the people. Rabbi Achmiel was back because in moments of challenge, he knew that he has to keep on moving forward and maybe it won't be so successful. <laughs> Maybe the logs won't be so pretty. But as long as he keeps working, he's doing the rots and Hashem. He's serving Hashem b'simcha. There's a yid, a fascinating person. Talmud of the Chazaynish, Talmud of the Briskirov, and a lecturer for Arachim. He recently came out with a set of Svarim Put that on the list. Aryeh Sha'ag. Four or five volumes. Five volumes. And he tells the following story. Rabbi Aryeh was a bacher and he was given the privilege of taking care of the Yamov at the very end of the Chazaynish's life. And one day he goes knocking on the door and there's no answer. And he's very scared. So he goes around and he sees laying on the peset, on a small cot is the Chazaynish, the Gadol Hadar. And he says, Reb, are you okay? And the Chazaynish says, Aryeh, is that you? Come on over. Now there was a problem. The merpeset started at about Aryeh's head. And he had to grab on to one of the iron bars and grab on to the second one. And he's a yeshiva bacher. And he's out of shape a little bit. And he tries to pull himself up. And he's almost there and his hat falls, and his jacket falls off his shoulders, and he falls to the ground. (sighs) He's frustrated, he dusts himself off, puts the jacket this time on, smart move, smashes the hat over his head a little bit stronger, and starts to climb again, one bar, the second, the third, and again he falls. And again, and again, and again, five times. And then he says one last time, this is it. And he climbs, and he finally makes it, and he flips over the bar, and he lands on his face right in front of the chazanish. And he looks up, and he said, Rebbe, made it and the Chazenish told him the last words that he would ever hear from his Rebbe, Aryeh, keep climbing and never give We try and try and try again and we fall and fall and fall. And there is no magic formula. But every time you grab hold of the bar, every time you chop the wood, every time you try, the Rebbeinah Shalom says, Ah! My king, my dear child, keep trying. I know it's not easy. I know you're crying. I know it's hard. But I'm holding you. Just keep on trying. And before you know it, you overcome that hurdle. You overcome that messoyin. You're able to accept the rots and Hashem. You're able to bring some more joy to your house. You're able to smile at your children even though you know you're in turmoil inside. But you're going to bring a simcha to the house. You're going to dance in a silly way with your children. And they're going to look at this. It's crazy. That's funny. And maybe you'll start to feel it as well. There is one more way, and that is the Ultimate way to bring Simcha to your life. Rejoice in the Rabbi Shalilam's Torah. Whether it means learning Torah yourself or encouraging your families to learn Torah and maybe baking chocolate chip cookies and serving milk to the children and tell them how proud you are of their learning. Even though it's difficult to get them out the door. Means mustering every ounce of self-control even though your husband might be away at work or learning. And you struggle to smile in the morning and send them off with a hug and a kiss. (coughs) And that joy that you put into your children and into your families is something that will last diaries, generations upon generations. And the children can sense it and they know it. Bring joy through Torah, bring joy through mitzvahs. Bring joy through Kabbalah, Yisur, and Bahava. Rabbi Strong Mayor Biarski was learning in Ponovich. He was one of the many that the Ponovich Herov, the Heleka Panovich Shirov, accepted when they had nowhere else to turn. They were called the Galmudim, the Lonely Ones, and the Ponovich Hirov did everything to be a father to them, a mother to them. It was after World War II, they had nothing. And there was a tzaddik by the name of Rebensian Felman. I believe he wrote a sefer called Shalmei he was a big poysik, But he was a young younger man, learning in Ponovich, and he took these struggling bachrim, these lonely boys under his wing. And he looked after them. And he said hello to them. And he asked them how their day was. And then, about 10 of them or 20 of them lived in one wing of the Panovich Dorm. And one day, he goes over to Rav Yisrael Meir, who was a bacher at the time, and he says to him, can I just ask you a quick question? He says, sure. He says, My kid wants candy. Never have candy in the house. Would you happen to know of like some good candies? He says, I'm not a candy guy. He says, you don't know anything? He says, I know there's a company called Mun that has two flavor candies that are very good. Lemon and fruit flavored sucking candies are very good. He says, oh, my kid's going to be thrilled. Thank you. And two weeks later he walks in, Rebbein into Yisrael Meir's room. They had just finished hearing the Megillah, it was Purim, and he handed him Shalachmanas. Manas. Yisrael so didn't even know he was going to get Sholach Manas that year because he had no family to give him, no brothers, no cousins, no relatives. He was new and he looked inside and there were a lot of treats, including the lemon and the fruit-flavored candies. The whole thing was a spiel. He just wanted to know what flavor candies Yisrael Neyer wanted. He was so excited that he ran into the next room to tell the others what happened and he found a bunch of usaimen crying because in each of their bags there was candies the candies that they had told ribbon that he should buy for his child because these are the good candies None of them ever forgot it. When you bring joy to somebody, when you think of others, you think of your children and think of ways to bring joy to them, they will never forget it. That doesn't mean that they're always going to be laughing. There's going to be times when they're crying. They're going to fall off their bike and scrape their knee. and they're going to have bigger problems as well. They're going to struggle because kids struggle when they grow up. But if when they come home they find parents that are willing to accept them for who they are and tell them that you still love them and you're proud of them and still smile, then the end result will be something that brings you immense joy. And we will bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu Joy. Yirotzen, may it be the will of the Almighty that this community should continue to grow and shtayg, to go mechayel al to realize how very special you are. You're setting an example for many other communities in America. But ultimately, may you be Zoychit to true simcha. Some people, when they give a bracha to Bar Mitzvah Bachar, so they say, you should bring Nachas Ruach to your parents, and most of all, to the Rabbeinu Shalaivam. I'm going to tweak that, and I always do. Maybe Zoyche to bring a Nachas Ruach to the Rabbeinu Shalaivam. But if you bring a Nachas Ruach to yourself, then you'll bring a nachas ruach to the rabbi Nishel. You have to be happy no matter what the cost. You have to be able to find a way. Ask others for help. And if you do, amit Hashem, that simcha and joy amit Hashem, will help us all greet the coming of Mashiach. Thank you.